Hi, I'm recovering DIY musician Burn Bridges, and welcome to This Song Ruined My Life, where I sit down with friends old and new to discuss songs, bands, albums, and other musical phenomena that have taken over our singular or collective worlds. Content warnings for each episode are listed in the show notes. In today's episode, my guest and I discuss X, uh, the band, not Twitter, and growing up and growing old as weird little punks. Just a heads up, the void we are meeting in for this session got a little wonky, so this episode may be prone to extra slips in time. Okay, let's get into it. Hey, welcome to episode five of This Song Grew in My Life, the fir- first podcast to be funded entirely um, through change I found in my socks. My guest today is a minor league radiologist and Moonlights as a meditation app, uh, and now available on Google Play and the Apple Store. Uh, it's Nick Cazertis. Hi, Nick. Hello, Bern. And how are you? I'm uh, doing well. And uh, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, this is a uh, first for <laughs> episode five. Uh, it's the first that um, I have not met Nick in person before. Uh, so for first guest I've never met in person. I don't think we've ever really. I don't think have we? No, we haven't not met in person. No. I've only been in Ohio like four times, so um, that's probably not true. <laughs> but I've not been. <laughs> I um, I've only played shows in Ohio a few times, so. Um, and and you're in, are you in Dayton? Is that awfully wrong? Oh, you've left the meeting. You've left the meeting. There's no one here. I'm all alone. Okay, so we lost a little bit of uh, conversation there. So just to catch you up, Nick and I talk a little bit about how we know each other. We primarily know each other through the band Lung, also the internet, but uh, through the internet. Uh, via the bunk land <laughs> the <laughs> band lung and not the land lung and um yeah so we talked about that a little bit and picking up now i'm gonna start talking about how i met um lung how i know daisy it's through daisy okay or <laughs> i also i also have i have a lot of or not a lot of but i have a strong um connection to daisy in that one of my best friends in the whole world went to high school with with Daisy's sibling. Um, So I actually met Daisy's sibling a long time before I met Daisy um, and kind of knew of Daisy (laughs) Um, because a good friend of mine knew his sibling. So then then we became friends. So so it's kind of a funny, funny, small, small world. I went to college in... In Kentucky, so you know the Louisville, Louisville Lexington connection there. But okay, um, so that's how that happened then. That sort of no, we met entirely. We honestly met. Um, I I I just went to a show and saw them play. Um, I they mm-hmm. played a show in Bloomington. I just went and I really liked their band and I just met them. Um, that's all. And then I found out that I already <laughs> kind of I already kind of knew about Daisy. Okay. Um, and I knew that? about that was, um, that was a win. That was the year my kid was born. So it was 2017. Yeah. It was 2017. Okay. Um, 
uh, we met. Yeah, that was like. And um, did you um, play shows together soon after? At some point, yeah, we made it happen at some point. I mean, I think it took longer than, like, we would have liked probably, but it, you know, but we, I think, I, th I think it was a while before. I actually, we act I actually played a show with Lung because, just of schedules. Like mm -hmm. I played a show with, um, like I played a couple shows that like, Daisy booked, but Daisy was out of town. Um, and so just like that whole sort of DIY scene thing where, um, and I booked a couple shows for them and we, they, couple, they played, they played, I don't know if they ever played with Wintermute. They, they might've played a show with Wintermute when I was in Wintermute and then they played a couple shows with, they played a sh couple shows here with Ghastly Indiana, um, when that was a band and I think that was the main and then Kate was supposed to um, play a show at my house once, but it kind of fell through, and okay. we just hung out. <laughs> so, um, so um, but yeah, so a couple, you know, but a couple, couple Bloomington shows. Uh, they played one, one of the last Gasly shows was with, um, was with uh, Lung um, okay. and Whelmed. So okay, I think that. And when was that? When was that show? Goodness, that would have been, that probably was 2019. Cer certainly this is all 2019 or earlier. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I, because, I because I moved, I moved out east during the pandemic. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, and I remember um, Ghastly Indiana and Negative Peace also. Oh, yeah. Negative Peace. Yes. That was, that and was a, that was kind of a post ghastly but although ghastly we still we still record we do <laughs> the postal service thing we still record um and send each other things and release things occasionally but um yeah negative piece was like our we kind of stopped all our other bands for the most part organically and then we were doing negative piece um yeah okay um because I have an, some negative piece and ghastly Indiana. I think I have some winter mute too, but I'm not sure. Uh, but um, I remember hearing about you playing then that because you were playing with Lung, I think. And Daisy probably posted some probably. pictures and or you posted things and tagged them or things like that. So um, yeah, so yeah, there was there was some good media that came out of one of the last ghastly shows because they had. Uh, it was at the Bishop in in Bloomington, and they had um, taken they had taken the uh, marquee that used to be on the outside of the building and moved it inside. Like they'd replaced the marquee, so there was a marquee, like a full size marquee on the wall of okay. the Bishop. Um, uh, and so they and I guess it kind of made sense for like social media and stuff. Like they would actually put up the like letters for the marquee. So we were like rearranging all the letters of each band to be like different, to come up with different band names. And we were, and we took like group pictures in front of the marquee. So that was a pretty good. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, for, I forget what the band names were, um, <laughs> but, uh, but that was pretty fun, pretty fun, um, pretty fun activity. And we, and we, we always have a good time like that when we play together. So what we did, I don't, I don't, I don't really, play very many shows anymore to be honest but um 
It seems uh, like you maybe. were playing for a while before the pandemic, and then there, I saw a yeah. couple things since then, but not not like you were before. I play when it works out. Yeah, I play no. when it works out now, but I, I, um, I'm kind of in, in the middle of nowhere now. I'm doing something different <laughs> with my life. <laughs> doing something different with my life. Um, but I, I, I play music with other people at least every other week. So I play a, I play a lot of music and I'm writing, but um, and I'm hopefully going to record, but I'm not really, um, I, I, the, the pandemic kind of forced me to, I was kind of just like, I'm doing shows, I'm doing shows, just all, I'm going to mm -hmm. play shows, I'm going to tour. And then dur during lockdown, uh, you, you know, it, 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 I, uh, I, I, I st a, I started recording more by myself, and that felt pretty fulfilling. And then B, okay. just, uh, just I don't know. It just, um, I, I think I've already said it on this podcast, but, like, I just started, you know, I started going back more and, like, calling the people I already knew and calling the people I'd met, even, even like, people I met on tour and stuff, but just feeling like, yeah, this is probably enough. Like, this is, hmm. <laughs> I know enough people. You know, I don't, like... Um, I guess I had this this aspiration for a while that like I'm gonna go around and like see all the things, right? Yeah. Um, and I saw a lot of things. So it was cool, but then I sort of wanted to feel like, well, what's it like to just like feel safe in the room I'm in and just stay and, there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think for a long time. Yeah. I think a, uh, a lot of us started think going through that in the pandemic too, when suddenly that's what we were doing, you know. Mm -hmm. Especially maybe the more we were doing of something else, suddenly the you know, having that, that polar opposite, right? That's just like that sudden change, you know? Um, and do you, so did you find that it was more, you started feeling more fulfilling, like you said, working on music yourself and being able to be in one place and still make music? Like, is it kind of a, just becoming a different yeah. kind of thing or, or like? I, I, I don't know if more fulfilling is the, is the word, but I think that like, um, I think there was like a specific grind I had gotten into of like I'm I'm going to be writing songs I'm going to be like forming groups mostly because I have these gigs and so like the the content needs to be produced for these gigs or you know like okay. like like I I was my my so, quote unquote solo band which was like Martin from um it, it was Martin from uh, Gasly, Indiana, and then mm -hmm. like Ryan from uh, Lexington, who plays bass on a few different projects, or played bass on a couple different projects. And Lexington was playing playing bass, and then our friend Emery was playing drums. So it's kind of like a, it's sort of like a, it was very similar sonic makeup to Gasly, but it was like just the solo songs I'd written, and we were supposed to open for Apes of the State. And that like f that felt like, oh, this is gonna be like a fun big show. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, that show was like this sort of thing where three days, like it got canceled like three or four days before it was supposed to happen, and it was because of COVID, and um, and the the band was being particularly cautious, which is a good thing. Um, but like, so I remember 
like four days out or a week out or whatever it was being like, oh yeah, this seems like intense. Like just to, you know, just to like shut down a show because of this, right? Like, and then like two days later was locked down. Like, like it was, like it was, it was like, it was like within that 48 hours of where um, most people were like, no, this is a thing. Um, So like it was, it went from like oh, I'm 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 sad that this this uh, show is shut is not going to happen to like there's no way it was going to happen and, um, and so just kind of <laughs> yeah and then so it kind of put things in the perspective yeah and that perspective is also suddenly it's not like it, it's in a way not even relevant anymore right because mm-hmm. it's like we're on a, we live on a different planet now so you know so yeah. You know, it's like you you have a record, you're going on a tour, you're playing, you're booking it, you're opening for a cool band, and then suddenly nothing, and and then and then you have all this other stuff you have to think about that replaces it, right? And yeah, and then what happens when everything, um, what do we call it, goes back to normal <laughs> or whatever? You know, it's like yeah. what happens later, not you know, it's yeah, like, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Which which is the other part of it is just like the the. Uh, you know, I I I have immunocompromised people in my life, and so it 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 has never and probably is not going to return back to normal for me. Unfortunately, or not unfortunately, just it is how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it I am actually gr- super grateful that 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 that's my relationship to it because I I'm grateful for that perspective, and I'm I I want to I think want to be in a position where I was making different decisions. So I'm happy about that. But it also but it then it colored touring differently for me. Like, I just don't think that I could, I don't think I could go sleep on couch. You know, I don't, I think I need to spend a lot more money on touring if I, if you did it again, because I was just like, I was sleeping wherever Mm -hmm. I was playing wherever I was using whatever microphone. And now I would just like need to bring everything and be in a bubble. I mean, one of the first shows I did was at a farmer's market and like, it was still early enough on and things opening up when the first shows like post pandemic that I like, I was in the pavilion. And I just like surrounded myself with saran wrap, which probably did nothing. Um, but <laughs> it just felt like I, you know, Oh, I'm going to play unmasked. Like I better um, surround myself with <laughs> saran wrap. Um, just like create a little gazebo saran wrap is well- what I did. And well, and that's kind of how we felt when we ventured out, wasn't it? Like, yeah. how do I, you know, like, I mean, I, well, now I'm, I'll, I'll speak for us in this case, but, you know, not, not necessarily other folks, but it's like, I mean, everyone's different, right? But it's like venturing out into it and figuring out how you interact with that. And even now, right? Even, I mean, and I had COVID four times and it was bad every time. <laughs> so it was like, you know, so after a while you're like, um, leave the house, hmm, you know, um, but yeah. but you just keep figuring it out, right? And can you imagine if you were touring now? And like you you said, I thought that was great. It was like the things you would have to figure out, the yeah. things you would have to, the decisions you'd have to make and and take on to like you know because of course you start adding all obligations and other people and all these you know things you're interacting with. So it's a it's it's like wow, yeah. it's funny how that stuff was different before, <laughs> or we thought it was. Yeah, and so for me, it's just become like. Is there other ways? Are there other ways to have that feeling? You know, um, which I feel like I've been fairly successful at in terms of 
Because I also, I also like had the added, I also, it was a good decision for me, but I also moved during, like, I moved like between spikes of COVID. Wow. (laughs) Which is pretty, that's a pretty radical. Yeah. Yeah. I moved like during Hotback summer. So, um, so like I've, I've been sort of rerouting myself in where I hope I'm going to, on the East coast, where I hope I'm going to be for based, you know, hopefully it's my last move I ever make, or at least for a long time. So, um, I'm pretty happy rooting myself over here, but I didn't, I w- we, we were in Indiana by like happenstance and I didn't need to be in Indiana forever. Oh, okay. Um, and I was kind of getting to the stage where like I was kind of wanting to root down for long term. Um, okay. So it was and live in the country somewhere. So it, it, it felt like, OK, I better make sure I'm someplace where um, that feels like I want to stay. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how do you like it then? I like it. I like I like the East Coast, um, New England, as it were. I'm from Texas, so. Oh really? Very, okay. Very, okay. Yeah, yeah. Texas, Indiana, yeah, New pretty, England. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. With this, with a long stop in Kentucky. So. Oh, that's right. That's right. You can't. Yeah. Can't forget yeah, long, the Kentucky. Which you know, Kentucky and Indiana aren't that different, but um, I'll get yelled at for saying that. But, um, you know, Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, you're all the. You're all the, you're all the same. Say, yeah. you're all the same. <laughs> Well, you know, and you all, and you all have major beef with one another, which I love. <laughs> uh, well, we're all close, uh, so yeah. All right, uh, so uh, you you brought a good topic to me today, and I I like this topic largely because I have uh, familiarity with this band and this album, but not like I'm I'm I usually have the Wikipedia memorized for. A lot of the things that people are bringing up so far, um, and this is uh, one where I don't. Um, and for some reason, it's just you know a lot of music has been a special interest for me, punk in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, this band's always been on my radar, circulating around me. Um, I could talk a little bit about that at other yeah. times uh, in the conversation, but but um, to start off, uh, yeah, my question is uh, for you, Nick, is just. Uh, who is X and what is under the big black sun? So X is a uh, uh, a, a punk band from uh, Los Angeles, California. Uh, certainly uh, stood out among other punk bands of the uh, like late end of the seventies and beginning of the eighties, especially in what was sure. happening out in that scene out in then. Uh, but, um, and they were, they were very different. And, uh, in my opinion, under the big black sun is the finest album they put out. Although there's clearly ties for second you know, when you say that, um, but, it, but just for m- growing up and hearing that music in the mid eighties, that album was, was the top uh, of the heap for that, for them. And, you know, and, and a lot of other records <laughs> and bands as well. Yeah, and, and still it's their is. major major label debut. It it was it was their they they put out uh, it's like I think three records that were definitely punk, you know, and the, and what they did the best, you know, this sort of punk and slightly art punk. Although I think I think I think people were listening to the guitars and the you know the real fast songs and and uh, um, 
then all of a sudden they unleash this whole album with like a lead belly cover and this and this like the beginnings of their country influences and and focus and the the lyrics were were already pretty you know i mean they were all po- they were very poetic but on this they became it was much more upfront much more dominant the har- you know all the harmonies they weren't playing mm-hmm. as fast all the time they were changing it up guitars were still amazing harmonies were still amazing and they were also dealing with their singer Exine's um, sister's death, which had happened, I believe, a couple years before, but it had really taken a while before she wanted to write about it. And that, I think, that and I think living the rock and roll life, which they were doing, I mean, they signed to a major, which was, you know, they, they said at this point, it's like, I think, I guess we're selling out. I guess that's what people think now, you know. But it was, for bands at that time, it was a really big deal to try to, you know, get on a label or a larger label, major label, whatever, uh, to be heard. You know, I mean, it was, it was, you know, it was really limited otherwise. So this album was kind of amazing in all of those directions. I mean, for me, mostly like, you know, lyrically and musically and, 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 and the themes in it, but um, as a part of their life to a turning point. And it actually wasn't as successful as the next one, more fun in the new world. Um, but, um, but it was definitely a, a shot, right? that differentiated them from everybody at that point. At least I think so. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I, I, I appreciated uh, this offering because I, for whatever reason, probably um, <laughs> probably uh, Tony Hawk's you know, video game, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> um, I feel like, Los Angeles was the album that I had the most that that gets that uh, has just like shown up in front of songs of it has just shown up in front of me enough mm-hmm. uh, that that they um, great album they yeah that they pop up for me um, um, but yeah I I, I uh, yeah this is a this is an interesting record what sort of makes it stand out in your memory in terms of like when when do you when can you recollect this record kind of first um so high school beginning of high school mid 80s hearing everything like everything all at once you know in terms of like the world of punk and all of it like you know going back like pre-punk like going like into the you know ramones and then you know new york scene and then into Lon- the London, England scene, and then back to California in the hardcore scene, all of that stuff, 10 years of music almost, pretty much hearing all of that stuff at, at one time. So it was like one right after the other. And so, um, and of course, and then as I started hearing all of, you know, the Clash and Buzzcocks and, uh, and everybody started seeing the connections between those bands, right? And so you'd hear um, Husker Du and you'd hear X and you'd hear Minutemen and, you know, you, uh, replacements and, all this stuff. <clears throat> and then this, I mean, but these were, there was like, you know, several years all piled together, right? So then you, you know, you're going through everything and suddenly this pops out and it's just like, a, it's like an album like London Calling, right? Where there's like a band that makes a significant change in what mm-hmm. they do, right? And, and not just, I mean, because all bands change, they all evolve, and they all, but it's like, how often do they do something that's also like this landmark, very important recording, right? You know, artistically, if commercially is a separate thing, right? But, um, 
And when I heard it, that's not what we're here for. Yeah, 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 (laughs) exactly. But when I heard it, and like the Hungry Wolf's the first one, and they had a couple videos on MTV, uh, you know, oddly, oddly enough. But it's like the um, well, not at that point, I guess. But it's um, it's like the sound of those guitars, which was very like it wasn't just punk; it was also very rockabilly. You know, um, and very twangy, and and that stuff connected with me. But then what really hit me was, you have two singers with these like really interesting harmonies, and they're like they sound like they're going through the worst period of their life, and they're just putting it all on the record. You know, um, uh, and it starts, you know, like just when it starts going in, she starts singing about you know singing to her sister in the bathroom when she's in Cleveland, you know, after a gig. So it was very much like you know about being a someone who you know is going through a trauma who is in a band who is doing you know it's like it was it was everything going through you know drinking being lost being you know and all this stuff hanging out with people and, and that that are doing a shot in a beer in the bar you know every afternoon or whatever it's just like everything that they were covering was like it was just really amazing to hear it uh because it felt very earthy mm-hmm. and very real like they weren't really afraid to share like not like just like what's going on like personally like in like romantic relationships but just like you know like the the misery and drudgery but also the possibilities of what's going on in in life you know um and i thought that was it was like reading a diary or, or a journal or something that they were just sharing as they went along and i thought that was very open in ways that other groups weren't and then and they were too. I'm sure they were right. But for me, it just it really hit that that combination was just really amazing. And I still I listened to it before we got together, uh, and I was like, "Yep, <laughs> still still does it. Still has those things. That, you know, when she shifts from singing to just like belting out, you know, so, you know, just like letting go. I think it's that that I, it, it made me think when I heard it that they didn't have anything left to lose at that point now things weren't as bad as it sounds maybe on that record but it's like it's still everything they were going through was tough and to hear that someone express that and i've heard live versions of these too where they it's just really interesting to hear especially when digging into tough subjects too you know and being i think that brave to to take that on and i think she Mm -hmm. said it took a long time to be able to deal with that but then to do it it's like wow that's i find that very um inspiring you know, and, and it kind of sets a bar. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> they could have made another album like Los Angeles or Wild Gift, but they didn't. And people, they were they were playing with, you know, like all of these other hardcore bands. And they were really standing out for that reason in good ways and bad ways, right? Because as soon as you start doing something different, people were like, you're selling out, you know. Or if you put a synthesizer on your album, <laughs> you know, you're selling Make right. a video for MTV, you're selling out, you know. Anyway, I just thought like, and there were so many incredible albums at that point, you know, that, that were happening uh, with bands like The Replacements and Husker Du and all of those groups that were, you know, that were putting out records in the early or like, what is it? Like, that's like an 82 to 84 range or something like that. And this one was just like, like top of the heap for me. And I, I love all of those old X albums. So, but yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean the 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 Sonic palette definitely stands up, and um, you know, is st- still stands out. I feel like as uh, it sounds very interesting still. Um, and the the something said about the kind of the lyrical themes. Um, I like how you sort. I like your synopsis there of of how, kind of how they're tied together on the album, and 
makes me think of how hard it is to write. I don't know how hard it is, but the, but how like how specific it is to write a a a productive grief song mm-hmm. in terms of of you don't really get to decide. At least in my experience, you know, I've I've written at least one sort of grief album and you know i've done other things where it's just like oh i wrote all these songs but like when 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 grief becomes the impetus for why you're creating i feel like sometimes your creative cycle at least for me my creative cycle has has changed before where um i don't often i don't very often just like i don't i don't consider myself as a, a poet I kind of dabbled with it like in my twenties, but, but, um, you know, like when I was 19, but like, I don't really feel like my best writing is done just sitting down and writing straightforward. But then, but one of the songs I'm most proud of that I've ever written is a grief song that I did write literally just like I wrote it in a grief ritual as a letter to, to to the person I was grieving, and it was just it was it's it's, um, like, in first person, it's my voice. It's not a character. It's just me. It's, it's the the most just poetry I've ever done. Where it's just me just talking, to, my, my cousin, this person. Um, uh, which uh, if someone's listening, the the the. The last the last episode episode four uh, was a pretty deep dive with another with a person who shared his grief. So we talked about this person a lot. But um, but but to just tie it to this, you know, um, you saying that kind of made because I was looking at the lyrics before and I'm like, there's these are there's some wild lyrics. Yeah, <laughs> some wild lyrics. Um, and then when you put those themes in my head i'm like oh yeah that kind of that makes sense and i i it uh, it, i i I can i can feel like some stream of conscious here um so i guess the short of what i'm saying is that like i have found stream of conscious for me to not be very productive unless it's like an intense feeling oh Um, yeah and i i'm and, and that like the 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 songs i produced under um such duress are not songs I necessarily would have ever produced. Um, not even you. Know, obviously, they want to be about the same things, but even even just the the like the lyrical style or or the um, because it's just you know I, I I I usually write to a melody, so the melody's there. But but okay. my grief my grief songs are often oh I'm gonna try to turn this thing I wrote into a song. Oh so, yes, okay. Um, Different uh, animal, and, yeah. Yes, and then and then I do the chords last. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, which is a really yeah very interesting process. Yeah, for people who are more accustomed to writing and then creating the music, I tend to, I think, similar to what you were saying, is create music or at least melody, and then mm-hmm. that is a often a kickstart for what you might write about, right? And then you're yeah. and then it, whether it's grief or it's you know, taking a trip. It's a, uh, you know, it's like it's 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 that the yeah. music ends up kind of maybe inspiring where you're going to go from there. So, ninety percent of the time, I will have just like, 
I'd say notebooks, but it's always apps, but just like hmm. apps, app notes of just ideas or phrases or whatever. And then I will have um, like the Slater Kinney method of just like, zip it up, up, up. This kind of scatting out <laughs> yeah. the, 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 like, this is where it needs to be a long vowel. This is the, of, of, because it, for, for, for me, how it how I want it to be about something I want it to be about, but how it sounds is ultimately what I'm trying to make happen um, in my brain because I'm just trying to scratch that itch. And so that is that is I feel like ninety percent of what I do is usually in one setting where I have a I'm like I have one line in my head or I have you know I have like a, a just like something popped into my head and I want to turn it into a song. I sit down and like work it out and then that's the song and then I kind of tweak it over time. But like, okay. um, but the, the process of like, I'm just going to write like this, the grief stuff was just, I wrote it just to write it down. I wasn't thinking about songs at all. Um, and then I was supposed to burn it as part of this ritual right. and I burned it later, but I didn't burn it then because, um, I was like, I think this is a <laughs> song. I, I'm going to be selfish in this moment and put it in my pocket. Um, because that is what I feel like I want, uh, this person would want me to do as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but, but which is not to make it too much about, uh, not to make it too much about, uh, by burn bridges music on bandcamp.com. <laughs> uh, but, um, but, <laughs> but, um, it's B Y R N E, not Bernie, not Bernie Bridges, not Bernie Bridges, not Briny Bridges, Burn Bridges. But but yeah, and in particular, I mean the the song "The Hungry Wolf." Um, just what an what what an odd pairing of yeah. I just find that to be a I I I find that to be a very silly song in a way I like. Like it comes across serious, but then when I read the lyrics, oh. I'm like, this is. This is very, very silly and fun that you wrote. Right. But then if you go back and just listen to it again, it sounds like menacing again. Oh, yeah. And it's like that in Blue Spark, right? Because of those like killer guitar riffs, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's like, and that, they do that on that album like over and over again. Like whether it's, it's loud or soft, it's like they just, and they don't let up. And I, I just really yeah. admire that they they kind of all rose to that challenge too because I'm pretty sure that John Doe and Exine Cervenka were their relationship was falling apart at that point as well. And sure. then had, still had gone through a couple of years before that death and then just trying to it wasn't much longer before they the band was actually getting to a breaking point because they were going through years and years of trying to succeed, right? So it's like it's really um and of course, you know, when you're when you're that age, you're reading all the liner notes and you're trying to find the fanzines at the record stores and you know it's like sure no wikipedia but still it's just like it was cool you know like you're just and, and some of it's a mystery and you read it later and you're like oh and then you then like what you were saying it's like oh now i see how some of those pieces come together that's really cool you know but i i i did like that all of those songs paint these scenes and these pictures they aren't necessarily there's there's one song on there that's like about her funeral right that's like yeah pretty straight up as far as like the you know painting the scene but they don't necessarily make it too ne- like narrative or storytelling as much as they would later in other songs yeah. and John Doe especially um but I mentioned that one uh th- that that song come back to me um 
because I I thought of this immediately when you started doing the podcast. Actually, this album like jumped like when I saw the title, I was like, X under the big black sun. You know, and then I'm like, and and uh, and she's got a line that says playing in Cleveland on a Wednesday night, and she's uh, broken and crying in the ladies' room. And you know, you just have that, like anybody I think who plays in bands, also like that's another yeah. level of like you went and saw those bands, right at the mm-hmm. second story or at Bogarts or or you know Uncle Pleasants or wherever you know, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know, but you're also in those bands, right? And you were you know out for too many nights and you were dealing with whatever you're, doing. and I just I I really like the way that they were willing to sort of open up their lives in that way, and yet. <clears throat> I think that's really hard to do that because it's like it's not as much of a confessional song or necessarily like a straight, you know, a single topic song. Um, and I and actually I would say at this point, some of it's a mystery to me. And it's like you said, those lyrics are wild. And I was like, well, she was a pretty wild poet, you know, um, it, and uh, and uh, and it kind of does go all over the place. But that's one of the things they did that was, you know, pretty magical, I thought. And it rocked out. I just saw them. A year and a year ago, maybe, and they were still rocking out. They, they sounded great. It was pretty. Yeah, cool. I w- I was surprised. I mo- I mostly knew them as a a band that uh, punk bands cover a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I was surprised to see that their most recent reunion has quite a longevity. Um, it seems to be pretty pretty faithful in terms of that. Like clearly they. Uh, I, it's it, it's probably not because they're making trillions of dollars that they're doing it. It's probably because they are enjoying doing it together with the with that many years. Usually, usually the the cash ins are for a few years and then get out um, if you don't get along at all. So I, yeah, I think that they're like, and I don't know how this goes for all reunions or whatever, but it's like they obviously were drifted apart for a very long time and didn't make records for a long time. But then I think there was an appreciation of them that brought them back together and that yeah. they were in a place as well. So we saw John Doe play an acoustic show in Dayton and he was on his way out to the next tour. So he was basically touring mm-hmm. out, out there and he talked about how much fun that they were having, like how great it yeah. was to play with the psychedelic furs and, and see friends and do all that stuff. And then, but then you're also talking about somebody who's like, well, you know what? That's his life. That's, that's his right, you know, and and he we were playing with a band of friends of his actually the next week, and he that's all he wanted to talk about was them, you know. It's just like I'm like yeah. that's really cool, and so like you were kind of getting a glimpse, and you we started talking about this right with like gr- about gr- friends and friend groups and and, th- and playing music um, when you were talking about Daisy and Kate, but it was like I I, I got that a little uh, view into his friend group as well because when those guys mm-hmm. came back they were like yeah we were just on the road with him you know and blah 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 you know and it was like uh, and you know it was just like kind of cool you know just like when you go and you know um you uh, you know come to Dayton and play or you go to Louisville and we see Sherry Streeter play you know and yeah. it's like you know and and it's like and and people who know each other have the connections and in and however they have them is is very yeah cool. and that's what I think of as X now mm-hmm. you know so which is also I think pretty cool and they still rock and it, and it's a thing that sort of it both exists with and sort of tran- transcends the music uh you know it just the, the 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 friendships become a thing where it's just like um i feel like if you're doing it in a similar way then i don't know i often have conversations where someone's like 
I don't know, like they're trying to be nice and they're like, oh, this is good or whatever. I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. Like maybe it is, but it's mostly just the problem I have where I need to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, you know, I, it definitely, I definitely needed to satisfy the itch I'm trying to scratch, but, but like to, and so I'm, I, I know that it's satisfying. I know that I have satisfied what I set out to do. So I'm proud of it. But, but in terms of good or bad, like that, that, you know, sort of is no longer the goal. And the goal was kind of to, uh, to have these experiences. And, and, and so, you know, did I have the experience I wanted to making this music? Yes. Check. I did, yeah. you know, um, you know, for this music, I wanted to go do it by myself and see what that was like. Okay, great. For this music, I wanted to do it with these friends and see and what see that what was happens. like. Okay, yeah. now I'm going to just do it over the internet and see, is that, does that, can I meet the criteria still? Oh, cool. I, I did or I didn't or, um, so it just becomes sort of a thing of like, then, then the level of when you, just in like from a neurodiversity standpoint, then when you meet people who, as I would say, uh, they may or may not define it this way, but have similar things wrong with them, where <laughs> they they are deciding to um, to uh, make these decisions, and you know, I got I had a good old friend tech, just text me today of you know, do you still know anyone in Houston who is booking shows? So it's just like it's this funny, you know, I haven't booked a show really in like five years in earnest, um, just here and there, but. It becomes it just becomes part of your DNA, and then yeah. then you are sort of like, um, you, you're now connected to to some of these people for the rest of your life, and that's like, uh, you know, that is what community is. But um, different people can stumble upon community by different means. But I feel like punk and DIY has been has been one where, uh, um, and even sometimes locally, my local connections are not necessary the, the places that are local the, the connections that are local to where I lived at the time are not necessarily the ones that have stayed for me often the ones that are like this like a, a random person in San Antonio or a random random mm-hmm. person here you know or you know like 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 the the, the lung brothers as I called them <laughs> <laughs> earlier my partner asked me who I was doing the podcast with and I said Nick I I, I, I know them through the I know Nick through the Lung Brothers. That's what I referred to as. I don't know why, but <laughs> <laughs> it's called it's the Lung Brothers, Daisy and Kay. Um, but uh, um, uh, I sort of like like the idea that they're like a family band. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, but uh, I don't know. It just yeah. I, I, it it is, and so then to because that is you know with with my records and tapes and stuff. You know, sometimes I like to get things out that um, that I I enjoy that I kind of you know maybe I maybe I feel like I have a little bit different of a glimpse into what the writing is about, um, not necessarily because I was or wasn't there for any situations, but because I I know the people mm-hmm. um, pretty well. Um, I mean, I think that yeah, as as amazing as it is to to like create music within like a band context. It's also equally amazing to see, to say what else can I do or what other ways can I do it? Right. Whether you bring that, and we see people do that and they bring it, they end up coming full circle back to their bands, right? Big and small bands, but also like who's to say any one way works. And 
um, you know, the ways that we're recording these days, you could not do <laughs> not that long ago. That was not an option. It was not nope. an option. I mean, you know, yeah. the four tracks were great, but it's like, but what, what, what's it, what can be accomplished now is not an option unless you had a lot of money to go into the studio, right? So it's like, why, why wouldn't you explore it? Why wouldn't you be able to? Because then you can say things like, well, like I take a pretty, this approach to writing melodies and then songs, except in this case, I didn't. Like, why limit yourself to any of those opportunities? You figure out what works best, but like, I think you said earlier, it's like that scratching that itch of that song or that I or that approach or any of that is um, and then meeting other people who do the same thing and and being able to do it is is, is pretty amazing. You know, I mean, years yeah. ago, we probably all shared as like, well, we were all playing in a band and then we all learned how to record and then we all learned how to tour and we all, you know, and it's just like you just keep and then we all learn how to do things in different ways, you know. And then we're having families or whatever. And, you know, and like all those kind of things are happening is all part of that bigger experience, you know, um, mm -hmm. which is why I think, you know, like when like I'm kind of drawing a parallel to what you were talking about, about some of those projects you work on. And then versus like when we were kind of talking about the different X albums is to like kind of look at this as like a body of work as well. Like this is something I did, whether I was mm -hmm. me, the main songwriter or I was the guitar player or I was, was it's like it makes the whole right uh, of that experience. Which I think is, like, that's all. That's awesome, <laughs> you know, to yeah. be able to do that stuff. You know, uh, is uh, is really great. So, and to keep doing it over the years. I do not know how long you've been playing. How long have you um, been playing? I've been doing some nonsense for my entire life, but um, I only really picked up a guitar when I was twenty-seven. So that's okay. about ten years ago. Okay. Um, I was a drummer for a long time before that, and I did. I actually, like, I went to college on a choir scholarship. And, yeah. And, to which it doesn't show. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I didn't. Well, no, I, I just had that relationship with, and I'm drawing the people who had this relationship too, I feel like, but I had this relationship with the sort of classical world where, um, first off, I had a lot of neuro. Um, interfacing issues with like sheet music mm -hmm. um so that was one problem sheet music has never been a happy way for me to learn music and so my i can say this now because i'm not on the choir scholarship i kind of faked my entire way through by ear um because i kind of like i could use i could use i was never taught to me in a way that made sense and so similar to certain like advanced maths. So it was never taught to me in a way that made sense. So I just had to find a way to bite ear you sheep music to figure out what I was supposed to do. But I could still could not look at a sheep music and tell you it's these notes. Yeah. Um, I could maybe look at it and go like, it's probably going to be like, I know up and down. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, and yeah, I know, yeah. the, and I know the rhythmic part pretty well. And, and I kind of know like, if I and then if I hear it, I can tell the key, and so I can usually, I was able to fake my way pretty well um, through all that. Wow! But but um, but but like not ideal, and so I think that for me, that's just the I like I just did the classical world for so long that, um, and then concurrently with that, I just started getting into like first i mean my history with punk is i was in like a christian punk movement when i was a teenager wow. and, and 
And so <laughs> my 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 relationship with like noise and punk and stuff was like first is like a, a listener uh-huh. and like a experiment like experiencing. Um, and then like oh this isn't hard. Like one reason I I thought guitar was like really hard, which is why I never did it. Oh really? Um, <laughs> and I thought power chords. I just assumed power chords. Because they're powerful, must be hard to play. <laughs> That's uh, so That's when awesome. I first learned power chords, oh, I was man. like, "Oh yeah, this is." I probably should have done this earlier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just not what I did. Okay. Um, for I did like uh, singing and drums, and I just sort of like with gender. I I growing up as like a, a trans kid who wasn't out. It was just like a weird, you know, like yeah, alternative, alternative rock in texas was kind of a boys club and uh it all it was kind of it was really this environment of like when you're playing music people would just like shove their way into bands kind of like they'd Uh just be like i'm gonna play this and i just kind of be in the room like i don't know like wow yeah i guess i could do something but like i so i would wind up like i had friends who were in bands and i'd like just go with them like ride for four hours because they had a show in Dallas or something, and and do it. I would and I would film it. I'd be like, I'm, "That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna film things." And then at at some point, I was like, "I'm a, I'm a music journalist. That's what I'm gonna be." Uh, but as soon as I started actually becoming friends with people in bands again, um, I abandoned all. Like I lost any sort of love for music journalism because it becomes so. Not any love. That's that's a little too uh, hyper hyperbolic. But but I I stopped. I lost my passion for it because I like you know. Let's use Lung as an example. Um, well, when a Lung co- album comes out, all I would, all I want to write about is a Lung album, obviously, because Lung's great. Why would I not want? Right. Like ob- obviously, everyone in the world should listen to every Lung album. At least everyone um, in the world. Right. <laughs> but, but so. But that is an ethical issue. If you're like, as a, if I'm writing music journalism, I can't say that because they're my friends. the o- The only way for me to support their music is to not be their friend. And that, to me, just like when when you start really going to shows or touring or whatever, it just like doesn't. It's you're doing it for a community. And then it's just sort of yeah, it just it stopped making sense to me. I see. Um, yeah, that makes and sense. And so that's why. And so I used to do like music journalism podcasts and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking I was going to try to make it my career and stuff like that. And I just sort of abandoned that a while ago. And this podcast is kind of me being like, well, what does what does me doing what is called music journal? What does me doing music media look like now? Um, yeah. That. I've kind of broken all, <laughs> you know, my brain's been broken open about all that stuff. And I don't really have any, it, um, agenda. It, yeah. It could just be start to finish just playing, analyzing and recommending lung albums. It could be, I mean, it could be That'd whatever be you want, great. right? Cause you're not trying to jump through the hoops of it mm-hmm. as the profession, right? Is like when it starts to become, it gets to the point of like, well, I'm gonna have to do this. Well now I'm, yeah. Although, you know, I mean, I, somewhere in there, there's a line because obviously, you know, we've seen plenty of music critics advocate for bands and, 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 and help 
break them, you know, for the for the with every good intention that 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 you're talking about too, right? But then, like, sure. once you're sort of like you know, like you're a representative of an organization, then it's like, well, you can't shine the spotlight on one band all of the time, you know. You're just trying yeah. to figure out. You're trying to figure out the best way to do it, and then pretty soon you're you're again you're jumping through hoops to try to make some, you know some stuff happen. So. Yeah, I'm, it, yeah, and I'm not sure. You know, if 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 that's what people want to do, that's great. Um, but yeah, it just it just started feeling like why you know I started doing this because I'm passionate about it, about music, and it just like because um, it also like I'm very interested in supporting music and recommending music that like I know the people who made it aren't a piece of shit. That's like a pr- pretty big part of it to, yeah. <laughs> to me is like like um and and I don't really care authentic- authenticity or not authenticity or in- any of that but just like 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 oh yeah this is a really sweet person and they make this great noise or whatever like that just became you know it became important to me to be able to say like I like this album and I also like the people who made it yeah no, I um, yeah. And when I started being able to say that about a lot of music, I thought was really exceptionally good, and that I can say like, like, no, everyone needs to listen to this record. It's a very good record. Well, that's all I was looking for. And then also, I know th- now I know that I can have that, and like, feel really good about supporting the people yeah. who, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So it just becomes like, why would it just, why would it just be this abstract thing when it's real life and it's someone's life right so why would i not want to know i'm supporting someone who's like awesome right right find Um, a way to do that rather than like oh we need to review the new whatever we gotta do that whether no matter what we think of it right yeah it's the kind of the heart of that yeah yeah and and have the conversation first and then support as opposed to this is this is record of the year, and now I'm going to talk to the person and interview them. Well, it's already record of the year yeah. for some, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. I, and I don't even know what record of the well, yeah. I don't even know what's popular anymore. But um, I feel like shoegaze has returned, which it's, is kind it seems of to be yeah. Which is worse things could happen. Yeah, sure, sure. It's why fine. not? <laughs> it's fine. Everything else but, is going to uh, come back eventually. It was just we just it's it, true. Make our list so. Um, yeah, fourth fourth wave ska or whatever. <laughs> Maybe we're already there. All right. Um, I don't know if I saw Google Meet yell about how it's going to kick us off. I don't. I don't know if it does that or if it's just uh, because of what's on the ca- uh, the calendar. So, but I don't oh, yeah, that's tricky. Well, we'll find out. We'll if it find kicks us out. Off, we'll we'll reconvene. Um, but either way, let's take a quick. Um, Fake break, just okay. so just so you know, a little little peel behind the veil. Yeah, uh, um, we're not actually going to take a break. I'm just oh. saying we're taking a break, but we're going to keep talking. Oh, okay. Oh. My last guest was confused. All right, no, that makes sense. But we're going to take a break. Yeah, See you in a minute. Break, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of This Song Ruined My Life. While music has the power to change worlds, this is ultimately a trite podcast about trite things. As such, I'd like to take a moment each episode to encourage any listeners to tune their ears into some of the hard work folks are doing to make our world a little gentler. Nara Rapid Response needs to raise an initial $2 million U.S. million to be able to prepare to meet the medical and mental health needs of children in Gaza. This money will go towards surgeries, medical supplies, post-operative care, and various mental health projects. You can learn more about 
the fund, the projects, the organization at https colon backslash backslash inara.org slash gaza slash or just inara.org slash gaza. All right, and we're back. Um, Nick, thanks for uh, hanging out, talking to me a little bit about X under the big black sun and uh, anything that comes up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> within under the guise of uh, being about a topic. Um, <laughs> Thanks for having me. This is yeah, this has been, uh, it's great to talk with you. Absolutely, and good to meet you. Um, uh, and uh, would you like to play a game? Uh, would I like to play a game? Why? Why? Yes, Burn. I would like to play a game. <laughs> Isn't that is that a line from Saw? I feel like. <laughs> do, do you want to play a game? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This this game is uh, the same game played on the last episode, but I thought it was a good game, so I'm doing a different version of it. It's called We Could All Use a Little Change, um, and it's a change.org-based game. Um, I will admit that it's a ripoff of a game that in the podcast I listen to called uh, How Did We Get Weird does, um, uh, but with a music spin. Um, it's where I'm going to read to you some change.org petitions um, they are, are you familiar with change.org, oh, yeah. the petition site. They are not particularly good petitions. Good, they're, 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 they're good examples of misusing change.org because um, change.org is largely a philanthropic mm-hmm. kind of endeavor. And then, as you know, people make petitions for any, any sort of thing. So there's three petitions, and I'll read them. We'll share our thoughts, and then at the end we can – share uh which one we would support okay um okay so Sounds so good. the first one first one is uh r- um from 2016 um it <laughs> is closed unfortunately but it has seven it had seven supporters at the time it's called uh limp biscuit without fred durst um and under the the um writing it says there is no denying that the instrumentalist in the band limp biscuit have talent West Borland, Sam Rivers, and John Otto are great. If it weren't for the talking garbage can that fronted the band, Fred Durst, they music would have been much more enjoyable, and the band status would have been much better in the metal community. Is it too late to fix what has been done? Question mark. Some may think so, but I don't. If Limp Bizkit gets rid of Fred Durst, re-records their discography with new lyrics and a new singer, their music could be something the world has always dreamed of. If I had to pick a new singer, I would consider the golden god fronting the deftones chino marino maybe there could be an assortment (laughs) of guest singers but i don't really care who does it as long as it's not fred durst maybe no jonathan davis either actually limp biscuit don't let fred hold you back achieve the greatness you have always been capable of ditch the durst okay any questions nick about that i mean that one no i i think that one seems um pretty straightforward what they're going for (laughs) Wow. Any thoughts? Um, well, I, my first thought was no and uh, why and um, how many other bands have I seen that have gotten, have replaced members for whatever reason, some of them, like, right. you know, um, and uh, or I would like to see be able to play, you know, like to, you know, to be back and play. So, but Limp Bizkit, I, I don't think that one would ever make the list. Maybe it's yeah. Just, yeah. What about you? What do you think? Um, I mean, I I see what they're saying in terms of, I I have occasionally 
because my some sometimes my brain just makes you listen to all new metal that ever occurred, <laughs> even though it's maybe not something I think I would necessarily say like I like this, but um, there's just some there's something about the like '90s aughts like new metal, like nothing quite like new metal happens very often, and there are bands that like like usually if you compliment a band, like there's a band from Bloomington that's very good called Marine Corps. And I once told them I thought they were like the best new metal band I ever heard. And I don't think they appreciated that or at least, um, cause obviously it's like, people don't take it as a compliment, but I do feel like particularly with like the Deftones side of it, there was a texture in that music that has like not been accomplished before or after. And the, the very specific lyrical delivery and vocal delivery was part of it i think even though it's it's kind of like you got to take the the good with the bad right um whatever that means but something about limp biscuit even i never i never was like i like this when i was younger and it was like contemporary but listening back to it um the the i i will say like the instrumentals do slap um yeah they are very they are very interesting instrumentals. So like possibly if like a time machine was involved, um, but I don't think that like re-recording them makes any sense. Um, maybe just release the instrumentals. I um, I was just gonna say maybe that would be more interesting, and who knows where yeah. that could lead to. Yeah, maybe may, maybe like let let a producer sample. Yeah, you, know, you know, release instrumental remixes, you know, or something. But, but yeah, I don't. I, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what the rest. <laughs> as if I don't know who they are, we'll see what the rest of the petitions are. But, um, but yeah, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, it makes that much yeah. sense. No, I'm not sure. <laughs> the second one um, reads: <laughs> Stop the choreography and cats the musical being changed and keep the original. I had 22 out of 25 signatures, um, so they had lofty, <laughs> lofty goals. They haven't reached them yet, but it says plans have been put into place to change the choreography of the hip musical Cats. Choreography that so many people know and love and plays a huge part in the Cats' characterization and storytelling. Please sign this petition so it can go forward to Parliament for debate and this crisis can be put to an end. Do not disgrace... Gillian Lynn and her work. Many thanks. Wow. What are your thoughts on the musical Cats and the petition? Stop the choreography in Cats, the musical being changed, and keep the original. I'll, I'll pass on my what I think about Cats. You know, and, and I do have a few Cats, um, and, you know, I'm a big Cats fan. But in terms of changing the choreography, and I don't know how whether that's like to refine some stuff, fix some things. You know, I don't I don't know what that means. What, what it means. I mean, I know what choreography means, but I think that like when you get something that is that big, as big as cats, right? Like if you want to mess with it, then you know, like if then like why are you messing with it, right? Let, let me guess why they're messing with it. Let me guess, right? Um, why don't you go ahead and do a spinoff or right. an alt version and make your money? Cause that's why you're doing it. You know, just, right. w- w- and because the, the, like, especially, I mean, you think about your, 
your target audience is not getting younger. They're getting older, right? How long has Cats been around? It's been around a while. You know, and people, do they go see it repeatedly? You know, like, what are they doing? They're getting older and they're seeing it repeatedly and they're spending a lot of money, more all the time, right? And so it's like unless that's something that the fan base is interested in for some reason because it does something artistic, right? If it's strictly like a commercial thing or a, you know, or a financial thing, like just do a spinoff, do something like make it, you know, like that's refreshing. That's actually be refreshing it. The, the, the brand, right? That's it. That's right. a, that, I'm going to, I'll, I'll sign that petition if you, if they modify it to uh so, well, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead so, of myself. All right. What do you think, Vern? Yeah. What do you think? Now that so, you're back so from the you, void. So, so you're in support of like a cat cinematic universe. I did not say that. Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah, you, you I believe say that, 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 but the, the best route forward like... would be that they create like a creative universe of <laughs> I, diff- I, I, different genres of dance. Did I say that? I, I, I kind of did, didn't I? Oh my gosh! Um, wow. Yeah, I actually I have a deep history with cats. Um, so this is kind of a loaded entry, um, but yeah, cats. Um, cats was something that I saw when I was really young. One of my grandmothers took me to see it, which was oh. like a weird load. Yeah, this, this yeah this grandmother wasn't great in my life throughout, but but and it was a little bit loaded because. I was like staying at her house for part of the summer. My memory is I was staying at my house, for, staying at her house for part of the summer, and it was kind of like she was like using cats to trick me into like getting the T.S. Eliot. Wow! Like she like knew I liked cats, like the animal, and so like she basically, uh, what well, how I remember it is like she gave me the like T.S. Eliot book that the. There's a book of poems that he wrote that that it's all about different cats, and mm-hmm. that's like the source material for the play, I guess. Cats. It's kind of a it's it's kind of a musical. It's a weird. So, which is just to say, uh, you know, we went to see Cats, and we had interesting seats. You know, like you could get seats that were like close up, but like in a bad part of like in, right. in, like you're Angle. close up but you're like this <laughs> and so <laughs> consequently we could see all the cats like as they were coming in and out um and i remember like watching like the behind the scenes of the cats coming in and out and could really see up close that they were like definitely just like people in spandex um and there was something like there's something like particularly unintentionally i feel like queer about cats that like a lot of a lot of people my age who saw cats when they were young have a particular like like there is a cat in cats that is like a a like early queer crush for them oh wow <laughs> and, okay. for, and for me and for me it was it was um drum tum tigger <laughs> for those familiar um, which I feel like was a popular one, but anyways, to to like rest from that, Cats really isn't a musical. Really, it's like it's not. A, there's like no. There's no real storytelling. It's a bunch of vignettes, but right. kind of tied together by dance and these cats. And so there is like the. I think w- what has 
what I don't I don't know if it's good or it's not because I liked it when I was like very young, so it's not really. It's just a thing that like I find to be amusing to watch a lot. Um, but I have seen it a lot in my life, like recordings of it. I've only I only saw it for real once when I was little, um, and a lot of my memories of that might be real or it might be from the VHS I watched a bunch. Oh, like wow. I might have inter- you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yes. It, but when they started making the movie and everything, I feel like it lost uh, a little bit. You know, when they tried to like make it about make give it like a plot. Yeah. Um, it's not really a art form that has any plot, and I I don't know if getting I don't know if adding plot helps it be better. Um, but at the but so, but but that aside, so that, those are my feelings on cats. Mm-hmm. Um, but that aside. I'm not really sure that dancing matter. What type? Yeah, as long as you know, as long as it's like artistic dance, I feel like it doesn't really matter. Wow, what okay. are they doing? I I need more information. What are they doing here? Um, you know, like like wh- how is the choreography changing? Uh, if it's just different choreography, and they still are dancing around like cats, that seems fine. If they're like no longer stretching and doing like cat stuff, I I I guess maybe I see your point, but um, I don't know. Does it matter? I don't know if it matters or doesn't matter. Um, that's sort of my. <laughs> I I can I can feel this person's uh, uh, you know I feel this person's pain um, that they they think this choreography is really good, and I guess yeah to your point. You know, have it available to you know do a good do a good archive of this choreography, do a really good recording of it, but you know have it available to people. But if they want okay. to change it, it's probably like, that's not a, a very big deal. That's a, okay. That's a that's interesting uh, way of looking at it too. Because I I was kind of doing the the mirror of that right. Is this like because the 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 appreciation for it and that sort of tradition for it? Um, I personally would be like, do whatever you want. You know, it's like people are allowed to do stuff, right? They, there's, there's, a, you know, you go see a, a production of something one place in one year, and it's going to be something completely different, different cast, different approach, different director, and all that stuff. So it's totally fine with that. But it's, um, but you know, I was just felt for that person. I guess I felt for him. Yeah, I mean, does anyone ever want to be on the side of things where they're like, like? This is shitty because it's not what I grew up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> when you find when you when you find yourself s- saying just because it's new it's shitty, right? You're you find yourself, uh, I think, you you find yourself lending yourself to views that can be a rabbit hole to more negative views that are probably not. You know, you know when yeah. you start that with art, you know we don't need to be fascist about cats. Uh, no, dance, no. I feel like, uh, because the uh, fascism about cats uh, dance moves is is uh, a gateway to other yeah. <laughs> other forms of fascism. So, um, anyways, I, I, I um, agree. I mean, I do think just like with my my point on that is, I mean, I would agree with that, and maybe that the person needs to just chill, right? But I I think um, m- what I think of is, did they do the do they have they thought this through? What do they actually want to do? Right, like, right? Are they doing something that is like, you know, does it make sense to to, to do? And and that I'm just asking for some common sense here and some more cats. 
Right. All right. So, <laughs> um, the Cats Cinematic Universe. Uh, get get Tom York and Bjork to go on a date. Um, I'm going to fully admit I cannot pronounce Bjork's last name at this right. moment in my life, and we so I'm not going to try. I don't want to... Uh, and she's largely known by just her first name. But yeah. um, uh, and she's surely the most famous Bjork in the world. Yeah. Um, but uh, Bjork and Tom York of Radiohead um, each cast artistic shadows among the largest in the world. Their career arcs from their first appearances in the international spotlight in 1993 to the <laughs> present day have born a strange resemblance to one another. And not only in that, both arcs point upwards to this day. Both Homogenic and Radiohead's OK Computer released with months, with months of each other, both meld alt-rock and electronic music to evoke a frozen romanticism. Their most recent releases, Volnakura and The Moonshade Pool, are both marked by a strange evocativeness using prominent, gorgeous string arrangements. Want to know another similarity? Both are single, and we hope ready to mingle. If we can get 10,000 signatures, will you two at least consider it? Oh, wow. So I'm a big Bjork fan, and I'm a big Tom York and Radiohead fan. So I've never seen Bjork. I hope to someday. Um, uh, my wife Kathy saw her at a, uh, a shoe store in London. And, and, and of course, she was frozen on the spot, my <laughs> Kathy <Right>. was, <laughs> you know, because it was Bjork. Um, and... Um, she was just uh, shopping. She wasn't like playing a show there. No, no, she was just shopping. She also might play a show in the shoe store. But. Right, she could, but but in this case, yeah. she just said hi. She seemed very right. nice. That was it, though. Um, we've seen Radiohead a couple times. Great shows, wonderful. I, um, you know, would love to see them collaborate, work on music sure. together. But I don't. But I. But I. Feel I mean, like have they not? I don't, you know, it seems like we, you know, to the internet, uh, we will, we'll find out. Yeah. But, the, but, um, but the, uh, you know, like kind of trying to play matchmaker for two people. I mean, you know, they, they know each other. Their people know the, each other's people. Let's kind of leave that up to them. I'm not, you know, I mean, and they haven't gotten together. They haven't gone on a date all this time. I mean, what do we know? We don't know anything about that. <laughs> No, we don't know anything. About I mean, that. I'm really feeling like this, like this, like this petition says. You know what? This is like none of my business. I really, really don't feel like uh, I'd, I'd want to be a, a part of that. So, there and there, there's something about the writing on this one that that is uh, they're 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 speaking of music journalism. It's they're real. They're really they're really forcing a comparison between two catalogs. Yeah. Um, uh, and 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 then that means they should date. So there's a there's a little bit of a there's there's some logical fallacy going on. To uh, uh, you know, I think we began with our thesis and we tried to <laughs> <laughs> figure out a, a way to you know. Yeah. But uh, um, there's certain there's certainly a lot of you know as I it it seems like as uh, celebrity individuals they have a lot in common as well, but none of that is brought up. It's just sort of like, uh, okay, computer sounds weird, and so does homogenic. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but because of their production choices, they should date. They should. Yeah. Um, 
which you know, I think I think I uh, I know a number of couples who've dated because of their production choices. And I I I can't say I endorse it <laughs> 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 as the sole reason. If there's other reasons, yeah. you know, yeah. But ju- ju- but uh, as a driver, a, a, a common a, a, a shared sonic palette is not necessarily the the main foundation yeah. to a successful relationship. Um, so for for their sake. I'd probably pass on this one, but um, what what uh, what do you think, Nick? Do you think um, Limp Biscuit without Fred Durst stop the choreography and Cats the musical being changed and keep the original, or get Tom York and Bjork to go on a date? If you had to support one, if um, I had to support one, I would I would I would want to make sure that we both are aware because we maybe you maybe you knew and I just forgot that uh, the um, Tom York and Bjork have collaborated. Yes. And so, or at least yes, done an appearance. So, uh, so I'm gonna have to say I somehow forgot that one. So I'll probably get in trouble. Which also time. included, which I'm just skimming this, but the article I'm reading says it included Lightning Bolt's Brian Chippendale. Hmm. So maybe no maybe the collaborate may, maybe the um, I'll support. Uh, I'll say this. I I will choose get Tom York and York to go on a date. If it's a minute to get Tom York, Bjork, and Lightning Bolt's Brian Chippendale to go on a date together, if it is if it is a um, if it is a <coughs> endorsing a throuple between Tom York, Bjork, and Brian Chippendale, um, I will support that. Um, uh, I'm gonna stay. I silent will, su- I will support. I will support that date. I don't know if it's a. <laughs> Because, because I guess, I guess, um, you know, backpedaling a little bit, it's not, it's not saying to force them into a relationship. It's just saying one date, uh, which I guess, I guess I can get behind if I have to choose. Because um, I don't <laughs> think I want to choose for myself the cats or the Olympus biscuit. Um, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> um. So which one are you going with? Um, you I'm asking? amending. I'm amending. Get Tom York and Bjork to go on a date. Okay. To include Brian Chippendale of Lightning Bolt, the drummer from Lightning Bolt. Yep. Uh, on the date. Um, so really, really, I'm ch- cheating, and I'm choosing to just have Tom York, Bjork, and Brian Chippendale hang out some more because they apparently collaborated in the past. Um, but with with um, hopes that that you know just to see what might happen. Maybe it's romantic. Maybe it's not. Um, but that feels like a good hang. Well, I think it does sound like a, a good hang. I, I do think that the um, um, that particular one just sounds weird to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's pretty weird. So uh, I, weird. I'm, I'm more not from the like. I mean, I obviously like think you know like I mean think very highly of both of them but like just the sort of the scenario um and the and the uh the sort of impetus there and which working my way backwards you know i've got to say i really came around on the cats you know uh in, in our okay. in-depth yeah, discussion really um they include some time spent in the void um on, on that which leaves me to say uh oddly enough i kind of find myself supporting limp biscuit because i think from a from someone creating this petition they really want like their hearts in the right place, oddly enough. That's they, true. I would <laughs> I would say as far as um uh 
as as far as uh, choosing what is the best written petition out of these, that's probably the best written one. Um, and yeah, there's no there's no real harm to re-recording. No, no. I mean, every Limp Bizkit song. I don't know if more. I don't know if the resources need to go into it, but. I, I don't think that they do, but I have to say from a from a, like you know the person who submitted this, I think their heart was in the right place, and you know uh, that mm-hmm. if they could get enough people interested in that, I think that might you know everyone in the band might feel like oh wow we feel supported we feel heard you know we yeah. <laughs> we want to we can well do not this, everyone you know. in the band well not everyone in the band but the other guys the you know the other guys <laughs> in the band so the but i mean i and i also think that enough like resources could come to bear where fred Durst would be like yeah whatever yeah. dude you know he's like you know but i do think that the key the 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 takeaway here is that instrumental version of those records i think that i think you hit it that would be kind of cool yeah i think like, that's like, got some potential but, to be more interesting I, I feel like maybe they instead of a vocalist they should have uh you know uh um I don't know Andre three thousand likes playing flute now maybe <laughs> right. he wants yeah, to play flute flute on him or something like 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 di- different instrumental soloists uh, might make more sense because it really is kind of a jazz funk kind of um like if if you listen to just the instrumentals. Which are available also. Um, the original <laughs> instrumentals are available for a lot of the singles. <laughs> um, that is that is true. That is true. But but I think so. The so again, kind of amending right would be like mm-hmm. perhaps it, it's not just replacing with another singer, as in like let's not let's not be so negative about Fred Durst and right. right. Let's just turn this into like how could this music mm-hmm. be uh, shared with you know uh, in new ways for to new audiences and that might be another singer but it might be also you know on Andre 3000 or or some other instrumentalist that accentuates sort of the the underlying jazz um you know uh of of their their music would be you know there you go <laughs> there you go that's very very strong opinions <laughs> very, very strong, strong endorsements <laughs> very strong positions all right um very very good. Um, all right. Well, that that wraps up our uh, chat for today, Nick. And before we go, any any parting thoughts on X under the big black sun, and anything you have going on you want to share to the um, three um, between somewhere between three and twenty five people who listen <laughs> to this episode. Um, sure. So I I recommend X. Uh, X is under the big black sun for anyone interested in, in, in getting an insight into the, you know, the late, uh, 70s, early eighties, you know, uh, West coast punk scene, but also like where at the point where it branched out into all of this other music and was very influential on bands for years to come is a amazing record and really just a great songwriting album and a, a great, you know, musical, um, uh, experience as well. So, um, and since you asked, Burn, um, I just finished a record that is coming out in March, so nice. you can um, get uh, you can uh, hear that in March. But uh, you'll probably hear about it sooner. And uh, and my other uh, releases uh, are on uh, nickkazernis dot com and nickkazernis dot bandcamp, especially dot com. Uh, so uh, if you're interested in checking those out, thank you, and thanks for having me. This was really fun. Absolutely. Thank thanks thanks for coming and. Uh 
everyone listening have a great day great night thanks for listening everyone hey everyone and thanks for listening to this episode of this song ruined my life if you enjoy the podcast uh, we do have a patreon if you'd like to support that but you can also just you know uh, follow me burn bridges on instagram it's a private instagram so if i don't know you i probably won't (laughs) follow you back um but you can message me and tell me about your day you can tell me about all your favorite literature and i really like that because i like to learn about new literature well thank you so much i hope you had a great podcast i know i did and i hope you have a really nice whatever